Hello, this is the audio version of the January 23rd Better Strangers uh, article. Uh, the title of it is Where to Start with Vonnegut. This is an article I wrote a couple years back um, just because I've read everything Vonnegut's ever written. And so if you've ever been interested in reading Kurt Vonnegut, uh, this is the article. Um, also, just so you know, every link in this article is uh, an affiliate link to bookshop.org. So I get a small kickback if you buy from there. Um, it is... Bookshop, so it supports local local independent booksellers um, and not Amazon. But uh, if you are interested in anything I mention, uh, please buy through the link. No one got the late 20th century like Kurt Vonnegut, the science fiction writer and humorist best known for his 1969 World War II book, Slaughterhouse-Five. He saw the dangers of late capitalism, of religious fanaticism, of climate change, and of technological change with such clear eyes that it would be too difficult to read him if it weren't for the fact that he is also very humane and very funny. All told, he published 19 novels, 98 short stories, a children's book, and God knows how many essays over the course of his 84 years. That can be a little daunting if you're trying to pick a place to start, and didn't, as so many of us did, have to read his work in high school English class. So what ha- follows is a breakdown of what to start with if you're interested in Vonnegut. It's a subjective list, obviously, but I can claim three tiny bits of authority on the topic. One, I've read all of his novels as well as most, as well as most of his short stories and essays. Two, my original blog was named A Man Without a Country, which was ripped off from one of his books. This was a terrible career move, as Vonnegut was always going to beat me on search engine optimization. And three, my wife and I popped his saying, if this isn't ni- nice, what is, into our wedding vows. So, without further ado, uh, these are the best novels to start with. Vonnegut did something that no other author did, to my knowledge, which is that he published a self-graded list of the books he had published so far in 1982. This means that some of his later books are left off of the list, but it's actually a pretty good ranking with a couple of tweaks. So if you want the opinion of the author himself, here they are. Player Piano, B. Sirens of Titan, A. Mother Knight, A. Cat's Cradle, A+. God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater, A. Slaughterhouse Five, A+. Welcome to the Monkey House, B-. Happy Birthday, Wanda June, D. Breakfast of Champions, C. Wampeters, Foma, and Grand Flunes, C. Slapstick, D. Jailbird, A. And Palm Sunday, C. At least two of these he's far too harsh on. Breakfast of Champions is one of his best, and Slapstick is much better than a D. It may be one he's a bit too kind to. Cat's Cradle is more of a B, if we're being honest. But otherwise, it's pretty accurate. So here's my breakdown of where to start. The best overall is Slaughterhouse-Five. Slaughterhouse-Five is quintessential Vonnegut. Everything that came before didn't quite feel like Vonnegut, and everything that comes after echoes it. It has the black humor, the repeated phrases, the sudden appearances by the author, and the sci-fi weirdness that he did best. The story is based on Vonnegut's own experiences as a prisoner of war in World War II, where he survived the firebombing of Dresden. The main character in the book is a man named Billy Pilgrim who, depending on how you read it, either has a mental breakdown during the war or he becomes unstuck in time, which means that he zips around to different moments of his life with no apparent control of where he's going next. The book zips with him to these moments, including the moment on his wedding night where he's abducted by aliens called Trafalmadorians and is placed in an alien zoo with a porn star as his mate. While living with the aliens, he learns to, that they see time as you might see a stretch of the Rocky Mountains. In other words, when they look at you, they see you They see you now, they see you at the moment of your birth, at the moment of your death, and this makes every human look like a centipede. This gives them a fatalistic attitude towards death. They, and the book, says, so it goes whenever someone dies. So it goes appears 106 times in the book. It sounds, reading most synopses, like a very cynical book, but the magic of Vonnegut is just how humane it is. He's upset about the loss of life he saw in the war. He can't comprehend the suffering we put each other through, and the only way he manages to cope with it is through jokes. 
but the humor doesn't harden you. It softens you. You can't call it an easy read, but you can call it a beautiful read. With all of that said, Vonnegut can be jarring to read. I've heard more than one person say he makes them sick to their, sick to their stomach. So if you're looking for something that feels a bit more like a traditional lo- novel, go with one of his earlier books. The best book for people who don't get Vonnegut is The Sirens of Titan, which he published in 1959. Before he was famous, Vonnegut was a bit of a hack, in a good way. He wrote short stories in his first couple of novels as a way of feeding his family, and he occasionally had to work other jobs, PR for a major corporation, running a Saab dealership, in order, in order to make ends meet. The Sirens of Titan was his second book and is the most classically pulpy sci-fi of any of Vonnegut's books. It's about a space traveler and his dog who, by accident, gains the ability to materialize on other planets and also to see the past and the future. Using this ability and knowledge, he founds a church of God the Utterly Indifferent, oh, excuse me, of God the Utterly Indifferent, and squabbles with an alien robot trapped on Titan, a moon of Saturn. For people who don't like Vonnegut, this is probably as close as you can get to the good parts of his work before he really developed his style, which is an acquired taste. It's also one of the best book, one of his best books, period, and thus possibly the best Vonnegut book for beginners. The best for people who don't get Vonnegut or science fiction is Mother Night, which he published in 1962. If sci-fi is not your bag, your best choice is probably Mother Night. This book is about Howard Campbell Jr., an American who was recruited by the OSS, the precursor of the, the CIA, to spy on the Nazis from within the party. In his role, Campbell becomes an English-speaking propaganda broadcaster for the Nazis, sending out messages to the Allied troops telling them to give up and surrender, kind of a ger- German Tokyo Rose. He does his job so well that after the war, he ends up on trial in Israel for crimes against humanity, all while scrambling to prove that he was actually a spy. Vonnegut gives a moral to the story early on. We are what we pretend to be, so so we must be very careful about what we pretend to be. It's one of his more straightforward books, and it's one of his more affecting. Many people do terrible things during the war for all sorts of justified reasons. Vonnegut, for for his part, wants to weigh the justification against the deed. He never did a spy novel again, though he did do one more set in jail, which was 1979's Jailbird about Watergate. It remains one of his most moving, and it's not too Vonnegut for people who just aren't that into him yet. So the next steps. If you liked one of those books and are looking for something that does have the Vonnegut style, the best of his remaining novels are, first, Breakfast of Champions, which he published in 1973. This is the first book he wrote after the mega-successful Slaughterhouse-Five, so he just kind of let all of his weird impulses off of the chain. The resulting book is probably his funniest and also probably the Vonneguttiest book he ever wrote. It's also not for people who aren't into Vonnegut. It's about a syphilitic Pontiac dealer who is slowly losing his mind and a failing sci-fi writer. But honestly, who cares about the plot? The book is bonkers and hilarious. Next one is Cat's Cradle. His A-plus for this may be overstated, but it's probably his highest regarded book after Slaughterhouse-Five. It involves an inventor who develops something called Ice-9, a new type of ice that freezes at a higher temperature and thus has the ability to freeze all of the oceans on Earth. It has all the classic Vonnegut features, a made-up religion that's mostly just goofy quips, horrifying sci-fi catastrophes, and short verbal tics that are repeated throughout the book. And finally, Slapstick from 1976. It deserves far better than the D he gave it, but it's possible that Vonnegut's judgment was clouded by how the critics had panned this book, which is something that had never really happened to him before. In reality, it's delightful. Inspired by by his relationship with his sister, she died of cancer two days before her husband was killed in a train wreck, and Vonnegut ended up adopting two of her kids. It's the story of a brother and sister who ascended the presidency in a post-apocalyptic America by campaigning on the promise of ending loneliness. Among his other novels, God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater is probably the least bizarre. It's the story of a rich do-gooder son and the plot against his inheritance, and also maybe the best regarded. 
Broadly speaking, his best novels were the ones written between 1959 and 1976. His first book, Player Piano, is good, but is the work of a green novelist, while later ones, Jailbird, Dead-Eye Dick, Galapagos, Bluebeard, and Hocus Pocus, don't do much that his earlier novels didn't do. His final novel, Timequake, is one of the most interesting because he basically gave up on writing it halfway through and ended up making it an autobiographical work. So this is uh, some of his other work, the nonfiction stuff. On a personal level, I've always loved Vonnegut's nonfiction writing, in particular his speeches. His novels can often be jarring and depressing, but his essays always manage to balance funny and furious in a way that few others can. Because of his popularity, books of his nonfiction have continued to be published posthumously for the past 14 years. I will say as a parent that his children's book, Sun, Moon, Star, is not all that great, judged by the metric that has never managed to capture my kids' attention. It is an extremely simple telling of the nativity from the perspective of the baby Jesus and what he saw. The illustrations are very simple shapes, so perhaps some younger babies would be engaged with it, but it fails to interest either of my toddlers. Uh, one I would recommend is Fate's Worse Than Death. Um, Vonnegut's books Palm Sunday and Fate's Worse Than Death are must-reads if you want to look into Vonnegut's brain, particularly in regards to his writing and his personal history. In these books, in these books he discusses his early life, his mental health, his experiences during the war, and the writers who inspired him. These are good books for people who have been intrigued by the novels and want to get a better sense of the man. I would also recommend A Man Without a Country. Vonnegut considered himself a humanist for all of his life and politically usually aligned himself with socialism. Towards the end of his time on Earth, these alliances made him feel less and less comfortable with the country of his birth, which he saw as, incre as increasingly corrupt and violent. A Man Without a Country is, for my money, Vonnegut's best nonfiction book and is required reading for anyone who looks back on the Bush years with a sense of deluded nostalgia. And finally, if this isn't nice, what is? After Slaughterhouse-Five was released, Vonnegut became an in-demand commencement address speaker. This book collects nine of those speeches. It includes the, the advice his uncle passed down to him. During the good moments in life, take the moment to acknowledge it by saying, if this isn't nice, what is? His short stories. Vonnegut's bread and butter in the early part of his career were short stories. Some of them are great, and some of them are forgettable. There were three books of his short stories released in his lifetime. More seemed to keep leaking out after his 2007 death. Your best bet is The Complete Short Stories, a compendium that was released in 2017. Three to check out to start. Epicac. Epicac is about a computer technician who falls in love with a mathematician. The math mathematician tells him she can never love a man who isn't poetic, so the technician asks his computer, Epicac, to write her a love poem. As he asks Epicac for more help, he realizes that the computer has fallen in love with the mathematician. It's a fairly heartbreaking story, and it's one of his best. Harrison Bergeron. This is one you may have read in high school English. It's about a world in which people are all forced to be equal. If you have really great eyesight, you have to wear thick glasses. If you're athletic, you have to wear weights around your neck. One man, the most exceptional of all, Harrison Bergeron, decides to stage a revolution. No more should be said. Read it. It's beautiful. To uh, be are zero to be. That's how it's spelled, but it's pronounced to be or not to be. Uh, it imagines a world in which aging has been cured, but the world can't sustainably hold on to an, internally, uh, an eternally increasing population. So a rule is set up. You can have kids as long as one person agrees to die for each person that's born. If you can't find someone, your child is killed at birth. The story focuses on a man in a hospital waiting, in a hospital waiting room while his wife is giving birth to triplets. He does not have three deaths lined up. For a story that was written in 1962, it is bananas how ahead of its time this one is. So here are some uh, similar authors if you're, if you're uh, you know, interested. During his life, Vonnegut was mostly neglected by academics and critics, but he was enormously influential on other authors. 
His style is his own, and it can't be replicated, but if you like Vonnegut, you may like the following authors. The first, Céline, was a direct inspiration for Vonnegut. The second, Heller, was a friend and contemporary who, per- who wrote perhaps the only World War II book that is better than Slaughterhouse-Five. And the latter two, Palinuk and Kobeck, are satirists with as sharp an eye and as distinct a voice as Vonnegut. So the first, Louis Ferdinand Céline. Vonnegut acknowledged that his writing owed a lot to the French writer. He read Céline's Journey to the End of Night while writing Slaughterhouse-Five, and the influence shows. That book's influence on 20th century writing is huge, and you can pick up traces of it in Vonnegut and in Joseph Heller's Catch-22. It is, in short, about a man who finds himself in the horrors of World War I, then as a colonist in Africa, then as a galley slave, then as a doctor in Detroit. It is, without a doubt, one of the bleakest, most cynical books you will ever read. Fortunately, Vonnegut never became that cynic. He always had humanity left in him. Not so for Céline. After his experiences in the First World War uh, and his success as a nihilistic writer, he became an enthusiastic anti-Semite and Nazi collaborator. Number two, Joseph Heller. The only literary equal to Slaughterhouse-Five is Catch-22. They are totally different styles, but they are both chaotic, hilarious books about the stupidities of World War II. Heller's protagonist, Yossarian, is a bombardier in the Mediterranean during the Siege of Italy, who increasingly starts to wonder, is is any of this worth me dying? When he answers no, he realizes he has to work incredibly hard to hold on to his convictions to be a coward and stay alive. Heller is amazing. When an interviewer told him that he never wrote a book as good as Catch-22 afterwards, he said, to be fair, neither has anyone else. 3. Chuck Palahniuk There are two writers who can make me sick to the stomach, Kurt Vonnegut and Chuck Palahniuk. Palahniuk is best known for his excellent book Fight Club, which remains one of the most misunderstood books of all time. It has been adopted by men's rights activists and alt-right types who do not realize that the book is mocking them. But he's written a handful of other amazing satires as well, like Invisible Monsters, Lullaby, and Choke. And finally, Jarrett Kobeck. Jarrett Kobeck hates being compared to Vonnegut. He, com- he prefers to be compared to Celine, which is weird because Kobeck is left-wing, not a Nazi. Regardless, there are similarities. Kobeck relies on repeated phrases, short paragraphs, constant black humor, and he repeatedly writes himself into his stories. If you like Vonnegut but want his material updated for the 21st century, you could do worse than Kobeck's I Hate the Internet or Only Americans Burn in Hell. Uh, for a bit more on I Hate the Internet, check out uh, the book recs that I published earlier this week. Um, that is it for this week. I will be back with a jimble jamble on Friday. Uh, thank you for tuning in, and please, if you haven't yet, subscribe. And uh, remember, if you're going to buy any of these books, um, use one of the links in here. It helps support uh, this, this blog. Um, have a great week.